This episode of the Punk Rocket Show is brought to you by EpicMerchStore.com, an amazing website offering tons of merch like t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, hats, and kid merch for more than 200 punk rock, ska, hardcore, and metal bands from all around the world. You can find merch for bands like Chaser, Much the Same, Mew, Dead by Stereo, Diesel Boy, Darko, Bracket, Useless ID, Venaria, Tsunami Bomb, and so many more. You can choose between many different colors and sizes, and EpicMerchStore.com also offer flat rate shipping costs. I love them, and I have lots of shirts from them too. I think my favorite is my fully yellow shirt. <laughs> But also my Willem Scream shirt, because it's my favorite band. Anyway, get your merch at EpicMerchStore.com. Hello, punk rockers! Welcome to the Punk Rocket Show episode 18! My name is Emily Plamondon, and I have the honor to be your host. I'm a French Canadian from Quebec City, and my biggest passion is punk rock music, so it's always fun to share it with you on this podcast. On today's episode, you're gonna hear the first part of the interview I made with an amazing woman, Melanie Kay. She's been running Fat Records Canada for 20 years, and she also has her own PR company. Melanie is gonna make a repunctation for an amazing band called the Venomous Pink, and I also repunctment you a great band from France called the Dan Krasukis. Are you ready, my friends? This episode is starting now. <laughs> I feel like a real podcaster. <laughs> How are you guys? I hope you're happy. And if you're not, I hope you'll find some joy listening to this episode. We have a great, great show today. But first of all, I want to tell you that I feel really bad being a Canadian right now. What happened to those 215 indigenous children and probably so, so, so many more is just awful. I mean, I've been concerned for a long time already about what we did and still are doing to those amazing humans. And I feel really bad about it because I never really took actions, like concrete actions to improve the situation. Yes, I was concerned, but now I think it's time to, uh, to speak louder and make some concrete changes. Yeah. Also, happy Pride Month to all of you. It's the time to celebrate diversity and thinking about how, once again, we all could be better allies. And I'm not a perfect one for sure, but my intentions are always pure. And I really want to create a safe space here on this podcast for everyone. I love all humans and everyone deserves the space they need, especially in the punk rock scene, right? Because the, the values underneath this genre are so important to me. Genre. I try to live by them every day, but I think it's time for me to be a little loud about them. It's never too late to educate ourselves about those very important topics. That's what punk rock is all about. Also, there is amazing stuff to listen to these days. Oh, yeah, you should check the new single from Chuck Robertson from Mad Caddies. It's been released really recently. Descendants uh, also released a new song too, and I'm excited about the new upcoming album. But I'm just a silly girl, you know. <laughs> um, and you also have to check the new punk rock karaoke videos for the NoFX song Little Liam featuring Tally Osborne, aka She's Nub. <laughs> And at the end of the episode, you'll get some more news about what to watch and what to pay attention to in the punk rock world. Oh, and I finally got my first vaccine shot a week ago. Yeah. Oh, I have to admit, I don't really like to have a vaccine. <laughs> But I take the flu shot every year and it always went super well. And I got the COVID one this time. But every time I'm like... It's so weird that something is injected in me. <laughs> Even if I totally understand the science behind it, I strongly think that it's a very good thing for humanity. But every time I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I had some uh, mild side effects, like I was had fatigue um, and a little headache, but nothing serious. Oh, and speaking of vaccine, <laughs> I laughed a lot when reading the news about the Teenage Bottle Rocket show. 
If you provide a proof of vaccination, tickets are $18. But if you don't, you can still buy tickets if you're not vaccinated. But it's going to cost you $999. Make your price. <laughs> oh, big news, big news. I want to tell you that I finally started a new Patreon page for the Punk Rocket Show. There are two tiers. I don't know how to pronounce this. Scott, help me. Okay, go. Tears. Yes. Tears. Yes. <laughs> Tears. Yes. Tears. No. So two tiers. No. One for general support and one with exclusive contents like advanced access to all my Zoom interviews videos with my guests, some bonus content, some behind the scenes videos, priority questions to my guests, piano vocals cover practice videos, exclusive vinyl reviews and many more. Eventually, I want to do some contests and some bonus episodes. Um, I really want to build a small community there and I need some support since this podcast is literally a full-time job on top of my full-time job. <laughs> so I really need more time to research. I want to watch more documentaries and talk to you about them after. I want to read more books. All of this requires a lot of time. I need to research for my guests because I love to, to be ready, you know, for the interviews. It's so important to me. So yeah, it's a lot of time. Nothing is more passionate for me to do this. But if you want to participate and help me. So yeah, the Patreon page is ready. And if you prefer, you can do one-time donations via buymeacoffee.com or PayPal. And if you don't have any money and you, you are making other choices, it's totally fine. Just the fact that you are listening to me, it makes me so happy. All the interaction I have with you on social medias are priceless. So don't worry. Everything is perfect. No problem about that. And so far, I have three patrons <laughs> and I want to thank them for their trust. The first patron is Vlad Lazar, an amazing ska fan from the UK. He's also the best meme creator about my cat, Metallica. <laughs> I love them so much. The second patron is Andy Latta from Australia. He's a huge punk enthusiast and he's also a space nerd. He does live stream on Twitch, showing us the universe through his telescope and post amazing Milky Way pictures on his social medias. And you know how much I love space and universe things. So Andy and I became immediately good friends on social medias. And the third patron is Patrick Smith from Atlanta, Georgia. He's an engineer. He loves sci-fi stuff. We love to watch The Expanse on Amazon Prime and talk about it. He's also a fan of bands like Face to Face, Strung Out, Good Riddance, Bad Religion and Misfits. So welcome guys on board. Okay, I'm done begging for money. <laughs> Let's go listen to some great music from friends. The first repunkmentation for today is for a band named Del Krazukis. Bonjour les cousins! <laughs> It's very funny because the Quebecois and French people, we are calling ourselves cousins. So my cousins from France were formed in 2010. They released an amazing album in 2016 called The Norton Bell. And I was super hooked already. And I was waiting for so, so, so long for a new album. And it finally came a few months ago. The album name is Icarus. They are playing skate punk with a touch of hardcore. But some songs are also more like mid-tempo. So it makes all the album very, very dynamic. I love it. The vocal is super powerful. It's aggressive. I love it so much. And you're gonna like it for sure. Let's listen to the opening song of the album. The song is called Black Pearl. You will definitely hear the general vibe of the album. Enjoy. The album is available on Spam, Soundspeed Records and Punk and Disorderly.
Keys and their song Black Pearl. And I think that after the recording of this episode, I'm going to listen to their vinyl maybe twice because it's good and the pressing is gorgeous. And now it's time to listen to the interview I made with Melanie Kay from Frat Records Canada. She is wonderful. I admire her so much. I love her hard work ethic, her journey in punk rock, her story about it, how she lives according to her values. Wow. Okay, let's hear the first part right now. Interview. Great. So thank you for thank being you. here. So, thank you for asking me. Uh, I, I uh, you know, as you know, I, um, my business is, uh, Cheers, is uh, setting up interviews for the people I work with. So yeah. I have been asked, um, you know, quite a few times, I suppose, to do interviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, I often don't. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it feels, uh, I don't know, uh, it's just a bit awkward, I guess, because um, I'm more uh, used to promoting the people I work with versus myself. You know? I understand. And I feel the same, the exactly same way when someone asks me to be on their podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a bit of a turn of the table. Yeah, you know? I understand. But feel comfortable. I just wanted to be comfortable. I think we met. Thank you. We met at Puzza Fest a little. We yes, chatted we a little in the past, um, but not that much. So I'm happy to yeah. get to know you more today. Oh, thank you. I think your journey, your history is amazing. You've been into punk rock since like forever. Can you talk to me about when it started, when you were young? Yeah. Um, so uh, I started... Uh, getting involved in the punk rock community uh, when I was 15 years old. Yeah, that's And um, I uh, was in grade nine, and uh, I lived in Ottawa. And um, I met a bunch of new friends when I started high school. And when I started high school, I wanted to be a cheerleader. Oh. Because I uh, had moved from the suburbs to downtown Ottawa, which, you know, in reflection, isn't that exciting. But at the time, it felt like a big oh, move yeah. to me. Sure. And um, so I had sort of these very, um, I guess, traditional uh, goals. And so, yeah. and, you know, I guess, you know, it sort of aligns with what I do now, because I am um, essentially always rooting for everyone that I work with. So, Mm -hmm. you know, on some fundamental level, I suppose that's part of it. But um, anyway, I, uh, I couldn't do a cartwheel. Mm -hmm. So that held me back from being a cheerleader. And then I um, decided that I wanted to be very specifically the president (laughs) of the uh, student council. Oh, great. And I was then informed that they didn't let grade nine kids be the president. And I didn't want to be part of the student council. I specifically wanted to run the student council. Oh. So I uh, chose not to do that. And then I decided, this is all in my diary. And so this is why I know very clearly how I got into punk rock. And uh, Damien from Fucked Up had me on his podcast, Turned Out of Punk. And I know that he was going to start off the podcast by saying, you know, how did you get into punk? And so I took the question ah, seriously. So I actually researched. <laughs> yeah, uh, the question. So anyway, basically, um, couldn't be a cheerleader, couldn't be the president of the student council. So then I decided I wanted to be the bass player in a band. Yeah. And I was going to start this band. And then I uh, tried uh, playing bass and I realized it was a very heavy instrument uh-huh. and I didn't want to um, deal with that. So then <laughs> <laughs> I uh, decided to be the singer in a band. And so that's how I started in punk rock because I got some other women friends together And we started a band called Last Prayer. Yeah. And uh, it's the first all-woman band in Ottawa. Wow. And certainly uh, the first all-woman punk band. What year was that? Uh, in 1980. Great. 
Yeah, and uh, and so I was the singer, and we sung about, um, you know, it was very uh, no nukes, you know, was a lot of the uh, focus then. Uh, nuclear war felt very uh, imminent and, and threatening. And uh, um, I remember there was a, a Time magazine cover, and it said we were, it had a clock on the cover of the magazine, and it said we were one minute away on this clock. Um, to a nuclear war. So we used to do all these no nukes protests and, you know, do peace camps. And mm. I was very uh, politically active. And um, and so being in punk was sort of an extension of my uh, social uh, awareness and my wow. values and beliefs. Were you listening to some bands at this time? Some punk, punk bands? Yeah, um, I was listening... Uh, to a lot of bands in my own scene. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, it's funny because um, we were very strongly affiliated with the Quebec City scene. Yeah, that's one of my questions. So yeah, of course, you, you've been involved yeah. here a lot. Yeah, yeah. and so, um, you know, uh, it, it was uh, an organization out of Quebec City called Les Productions Sans Nom, and the... Uh, sort of organizer uh, mm -hmm. of that group in Quebec City is uh, now, um, oh, what's it called? An acupuncturist. Oh. And his name is Luke Martineau. Oh, yeah, and I know he, him. Yes, mm -hmm. he still lives He's in Quebec City. He's a legendary acupuncturist. I don't know in English. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Wasn't so that, that was a metal. very dear friend. And he ran the Production Sanam. And then we had an organization called No Pigs. And we uh, did a compilation record uh, with, um, it was four French-speaking uh, punk bands and then four uh, English-speaking oh. punk bands. So um, it was very important to represent uh, both languages. Great. You know, and, yeah, and, sure. Uh, be as inclusive as one wow. can be. And so... Um, Yeah, so that's sort of uh, how it started. And, and in terms of the band, so um, the bands on the uh, Blender Mix was the compilation we put out. So um, it was like, you know, Porcelain Forehead and Randy Peters and uh, Last Prayer. Uh, I wow. can't remember who the other band was from uh, Ottawa or Toronto. And then in Quebec City, it was this, band called Her Corpse and uh, Outbreak. And mm -hmm. they they were really fun because they were like these sort of big men and they sung <laughs> a lot about um, sexism. And, oh. But they were singing in English. And so the translation was quite uh, humorous because <laughs> they would say things like, you know, in their song, fucking machos stupid playboys and you know all this kind of stuff and and so their heart was in the right place and of course i have no right uh making any fun of it no i understand i speak another language because my french unfortunately is, <laughs> no uh, i can't uh, understand that not that's close funny to where it should be yeah so um but anyway and then outside of our own scenes um you know it was uh a lot of bands across canada like stretch marks and the unwanted and um you know, SNFU and the uh, OA and, yeah. uh, and then in the States, it was uh, TSOL and um, uh, Black Brigade and Toxic Reasons mm -hmm. and, you know, all these bands that were touring a lot. And um, in order to uh, see them in Ottawa, um, I would reach out to the bands that I liked and say, would you like to come play a show? Oh, yeah. So you, you started to manage show and be involved in organization at this time, yes. too? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes my band would be on the bill and sometimes yeah. not. And so we were doing uh, No Pigs out of the basement of our house that we mm -hmm. lived in. And it was a very uh, run down, um, you know. Wow. A shithole. I don't know how else to put it. It was not a nice place, but uh, it was great to book bands in our basement there. And um, oh, I'm sorry, you, well, were you living with the other pardon? women no. in your bands, or you were living well, with we your band? We would. My band would sometimes play there, okay, and then okay. we would also book shows there. Okay. And so what we would do, so that there was no money exchanged at the door, 
is we would make these paper invitations that we got, you know, printed at Kinko's mm-hmm. or whatever, and then uh, bring them to like secondhand clothing stores and record shops and kids would pay three bucks, you know, and then we'd Whoa. go collect the money at these stores. And if the cops came, we would just show them that it was a private party oh. and everyone had an invitation. Oh. So there was Whoa. no money at, at exchange at the door. Nice. Yeah. Good but plan. Anyways, then we realized it was very sort of small, you know, potatoes trying to book in our basement because you could only fit, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, 50 people or something like that. And uh, when going to book shows outside of our own punk rock mm-hmm. club basement house <laughs> situation, um, No Pigs was not really an easy sell. And so they would send me in because I was, you know, 15, 16 years mm-hmm. old. So, you know, I was, I'm probably the youngest one. And um, I didn't ever look the part of, uh, you know, a stereotypical punk rock person. So, um, so I would go and it would be like a curling club or, uh, you know, the Ottawa Boys and Girls Club and these different uh, community halls. And I would say I wanted to book a night to have a boys and girls dance. And then we would have MDC play or, you know, (laughs) and uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. And then we changed it from no pigs to YCP, which was youth culture promotions. Mm -hmm. And then I essentially got impatient, I think is what happened. And I found working in a collective was fun and rewarding on many levels, but um, we were doing a lot of talking, and I just wanted to oh, do stuff. You wanted to, so I branched work. out and started my own thing uh, called Caution Productions. So that's wow. when I really started booking. Wow, that's amazing! You were so young, and you you developed yeah. your skills because there wasn't any social medias really at this time. No, so there you, wasn't any. So you had to just work a lot and make contacts yeah. by yourself. That's amazing. Yeah. And how did you get to work with like, yes, your own company, but also for Fat Record? Because that's how I I knew you at first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, basically, so what happened was, is that, you know, I did Caution Productions and booked my own shows mm-hmm. for a few years. And Ottawa, I felt like I kind of... Um, hit the ceiling there on some levels and, and that I wanted to live somewhere else and, and try some other yeah. stuff. So uh, I moved to Vancouver and uh, Dave Gregg, who was the guitar player in DOA at the time, mm. he and I were uh, really good friends and he encouraged me to move out to Vancouver and uh, work with them by helping to run their fan club and, you know, do marketing and publicity and uh, do uh, their merchandising, went on the road and all that kind of thing. And then they also had a a parody disco band called the Groovaholics that I managed. And, um, you know, we were booking shows and I took a small business development course when I was out there and, um, you know, worked, um, at a Mexican restaurant. I said, waitress to make some dough and, mm. and, you know, I was really hustling Ooh, and, yeah. uh, um, you know, I got a very strong work ethic from my parents and my father, um, was in the hairdressing business and, uh, ran his own business. And my mother, uh, opened up an art gallery, secondhand oh. sort of punk clothing store, hair salon, uh, space and and then she started having bands play there. So wow. you know there wow. there was a real sense of um, you know um, yeah. that every day I had to be productive and accomplish something. Yeah. So yeah. So I lived in Vancouver and did that for a while, and then I moved back to Toronto, and uh, then I started booking again. And at this time, I started you know Melanie KPR. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was running uh, the back room at the Niagara Cafe. So I did Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights there. And then I did Wednesday nights at the Cameron House. So I was booking four nights a week. And I was uh, the manager at a bakery. <laughs> and uh, so I was a, a busy gal. Were and, you sleeping uh, sometimes? And I was doing or? that. And um, 
Fat Mike had heard about me uh, through, you know, sort of some similar channels sure. that we both worked in and, and knew. And um, uh, the label manager at the time uh, got in touch. This was in 99 and mm-hmm. asked me if I would do press for a few bands. And I think the first few bands that I worked for Fat Records was Renzel Rom oh, and wow. Good Riddance and Strung Out. And um, so they were happy with my work and they got in touch and said, uh, we'd like you to launch the Fat Records Canada, Canada office and go exclusive. And so I said, I'd be willing to do that as long as I could keep some of my longtime clients. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd worked with No Means No and Jello Biafra and his you know, various projects for many, many years. Wow. And I didn't want to not do that anymore. So they had no issue with that. And um, so I launched their Canadian office for them. Whoa. And were you working alone at this time for all of those bands? Because they were starting to be pretty big. So it must have been so much work. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And again, you know, having a very strong work ethic came in handy because initially it was in my home. And then I realized, oh, I need to have, you know, some separation here in terms of boundaries with personal life and uh, work life. So I said to them, I'd like to get an actual office. So we rented an office on Richmond Street. And one of my first interns was Sandy, who's in the band Fucked Up. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's really nice and a fun woman. And so that was fun. And um But the janitor at the building always commented that I was the first one in and the last one out in the building. Oh. So, yeah, I just worked all the time. God. And, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, as cliche as it sounds, if you honestly love what you're doing, um, it doesn't feel like a hardship, you know, totally. if you're doing that. Yeah, I feel that my, because my podcast and social media stuff, it is actually a full-time job too. And I have yes. a full-time job, but I I know it's a lot of work, but it's so much fun. So what what else would I do on my free time? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. And how did you work at this time? Because punk rock was getting, was becoming more popular But mm-hmm. where, but there, there wasn't a lot of uh, small podcasts, or you know, and it mm-hmm. wasn't mainstream and mainstream enough to be on big TV shows. So, how, how did you work with them to give them more exposure? Well, there is, um, you know, a lot more print outlets. So yeah. it was weeklies mm-hmm. and dailies and um, monthlies and fanzines. There's a lot uh, more of that. Mm-hmm and fanzines and um you know radio shows Mm -hmm. i've always been a huge supporter and fan of college radio oh yeah i know and um you know a lot of young people um that were just starting up doing journalism uh, for whatever that they were doing um i would take a chance and say to them do you want to do an interview with this band and it might be the first time that they've interviewed a band but it gave them the opportunity to learn the ropes. And I think that it's very important that it it's recognized that it's not a one-sided equation, that everyone wow. involved has to have support and respect and recognition for their contribution. Oh, that's amazing. I remember because I've been hosting a weekly radio show here in Quebec City for 17 years now. And yeah. I remember you reached to me at some point, but I was too shy to speak English because <laughs> I thought my English was so bad. So I was like, no, but maybe you can ask my friend DJ Punk has bad. And uh, so, but I remember that I was like, oh, that's amazing that she's believing in us like small radio stations so oh that's amazing that you're talking about that right now yeah i think it's important and it, it's you know it's not like i say just one side right mm-hmm. everyone uh has a very um huge contribution that they bring to the table and uh if one isn't supporting the other it doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah we're a big family Mm-hmm. That's how it works, totally. And so, uh, 
you said you you were traveling like from not traveling but living in uh, Vancouver Toronto but I think your job required you to 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 travel a lot I I see you in some festivals so with fat mm -hmm. record bands so I was that part of uh, or still is Yeah I mean I used to go on the road a lot and uh and do all that um and then you know I became a mom mm -hmm. uh and uh my daughter is 17 so wow. um you know during the time that um, I was working with Fat Records, I became uh, a mother. And so that definitely, you know, I had to make it count uh, sure. when I would go somewhere um, and be away from my family. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, it's interesting because now my daughter is 17 and I'm, feeling like um she's okay you know like mm -hmm. she doesn't need me as much as she did when yeah. she was a little girl and so I mean she still needs me I need her but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's uh allows me to be available to do more of that again so wow. I've been thinking that once we're able to that I'm going to be uh incorporating that into my um sort of repertoire once again. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the Quebec scene. Uh, what's your opinion about the scene in Quebec City, uh, not Quebec City, but in Quebec province uh, now? I know you helped a lot of us, like labels, festivals. I read an interview with Jay from Music for Cancer. He was talking about you, how much you helped him. So yeah, what's your relationship with Quebec? Oh, it, it, it's... Uh, I, I hope one of mutual love, to be honest. I have so many uh, dear friends and colleagues that live in Quebec and mm -hmm. I uh, love Quebec. And um, uh, when I was in Ottawa, you know, uh, it was definitely in terms of proximity, a lot easier for me to get to Montreal a lot. And, you know, uh, but I, regardless of being there a lot or not, uh, I have, a true affinity and history mm -hmm. with uh, everyone in Quebec. And I just see it as an extension of what I do. And, and it's, it's not even an extension. It's just uh, a crucial part of, of what I do. And um, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, think that um, diversity should be celebrated mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, supported. And uh, I think, uh, French-speaking uh, parts of our country are uh, to be really uh, oui. treasured. Oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I feel like in Quebec, we have a strong base of strong punk rockers, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. like uh, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, but very huge passionate. punk scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And metal punk. scene, of course, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but it's maybe it's because I'm in the scene, <laughs> but I really yeah. feel like we we have something special here about our absolutely. Scene. Yeah. And you always have, like I said, when I started out. Yeah, when you started, it was uh, you know Ottawa and Quebec City were the mm -hmm. two sister groups. Great. So it, it's always been part of my roots. Yeah. So now you're still working with Fat Records, right? Yeah. So what happened was. Um, You know, when uh, the music business um, basically tanked for a moment there mm -hmm. uh, and everyone went into a bit of a panic as to what the landscape was going to look like when everything yeah. sort of, uh, you know, went on the Internet and, and what that was going to mean in terms of artists being able to support themselves and yeah, revenue and mm -hmm. all that. Um Fat Records had to close down all their international offices, mm. but it was clear that, you know, with the bands touring in Canada a lot, that an extra push would still be uh, worthwhile. Oh, wow. So essentially the transition was that even though I'd kept my, you know, few longtime clients that for all intents and purposes for a long time, Fat Records was my only client once, you know, I had 
gone exclusive with them. Mm -hmm. And so the transition when, you know, all of this music industry stuff took place was they became one of my clients versus my only client. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, yeah, now, yeah, it's like over 20 years that I've been working with them. Right. And they have like new bands, old bands still. It's, it must be. Oh, very, yeah. It, it's yeah. such a uh, source of pride to yeah. be associated with them because as people, you know, and I mean the people that uh, run it, work there, uh, all the artists on the label, I can't think of anyone that uh, I'm not proud to be associated mm-hmm. with. Wow. And I I truly uh, feel so grateful uh, that it's still happening. And um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's been a really positive thing in my life. Yeah, and you have the, the opportunity to work with other clients too, which is really great. But do you have a team? It's, it's so many, so much work. I can't believe you do that yeah, at well, all. Uh, I did have uh, a, a staff okay. and, uh, you know, um, when all this happened, it was just me. And yeah. it's sometimes, I don't know if you find this, but sometimes explaining to someone how to do something, it's just easier just to do it. Yeah, I get it. But I think that, um, you know, I'm looking at my business expanding and uh, it's definitely grown and mm-hmm. it's... Um, I, I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like it's in a really good place and that when the pandemic restrictions are hopefully behind us and allows me, like I was saying, to be, um, mm-hmm. you know, going to festivals and meeting with people and, you know, sort of being on the road more, that it'd be great to have a staff uh, yeah. sort of as the backbone of oh, yeah. my company and and be consistently in my office. So, Uh, I'm definitely planning on hiring people. Yeah, because I I looked at your the your clients list and I'm like, oh my god, there's so much like festival. It's a huge job. Uh, I know now it's paused, but you know, uh, you have smaller bands, bigger bands. Uh, how is it to work with different size of bands? <laughs> I don't know what to say that, but like bigger versus smaller band. Yeah, is it different? Yeah, uh, I'm glad that you're aware that that is part of my uh, roster because, you know, the thing is, is that, um, again, it's sort of like the thing we were talking about with journalists and artists, that it's not a one-sided thing. And so if you're only working with bands that have been around for a long time and are well-known and established and, you know, lots of people want to talk Mm -hmm. to them, it's a very one-sided version of all of that. And, um, you know, working with bands that I would consider development bands um, makes it fresh and exciting. And it's a different set of um, problems and mm-hmm. issues. Totally. Uh, and it's also, you know, different challenges, but it also is uh, a whole other perspective on the part of it that brings me joy. And yeah. again, you know, it sounds really cliche I know it does but um, I mean it 100% that I only work with artists that I love yeah but it's maybe that's why you stayed for so long and you stayed passionate about it you've been passionate still you are so I think it might be one of the causes yes you are a hard worker you have a strong work ethic but Yeah, it might sound cliche, but it's not. I totally understand. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, a lot of people, uh, it's sort of like a smoke and mirrors thing or, you know, that expression, fake it till you make it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so not those people, you know. Uh, When you meet me and you see my face, I carry everything that I feel on my face, you know, like I, I don't hide my feelings well. And so right. it would not serve me well or anyone that I'm representing to work with someone that I didn't think was really awesome and worthwhile. Yeah, but I you know, How do you say no? Because you must say no a lot to some bands. And I struggle with this personally. Like, yes. 
I can't play your band on my show. I'm sorry for whatever reason. The sound is really not good or or it yeah. doesn't fit with punk rock. How do you approach to say no? Because every time it breaks my heart because I know yeah. that all the bands are working hard. All the bands sure. want to have exposure and they all deserve it. But I just can't play all of them. So how, how do you mm -hmm. feel about that? Well, I definitely go through a bit of a vetting process. Um, mm. I do get a lot of bands contacting yeah. me that are sort of, I would consider cold calls that, you know, have found my website, maybe don't know anything about me and it's just a Google search. So it's not an ego thing. Um, mm. It's just either looking for a publicist and, uh, and then sometimes they think that I can help them get signed to a label that I'm working with or oh, yeah. uh, get them on a festival that I yeah. work with. And I, I don't do a and no. you know, if I do, it's because, it's like a one-off thing and I can see that it would be great for, you know, everyone involved. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of saying no, um, so the first thing I say is, can you send me your lyrics? Oh, and yeah. if there's anything in the lyrics that I can't stand behind in a genuine way, then that's the wow. first thing yeah. that it's an easy, hard yeah. pass. It's a first so, uh <laughs> First, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. If there's like something that I consider sexist or is simply blatantly sexist totally. or homophobic or transphobic or racist or any of that bullshit, you're out in, in my books. And so I'm not interested. Yeah. Full yeah. stop. And then um, I have to like the music and, and I... Uh, I'm a big fan of a good singer, someone mm -hmm. that can carry a note. And so, um, you know, I want to and be able to think, okay, I'm going to listen to this myself, you know, and it's not mm -hmm. something that I just have to push out into the world and something I'm going to enjoy listening to as well. And that the people aren't, you know, a nightmare <laughs> to work with. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> yeah, simply you put, <laughs> I'll just say to someone, it's not a good fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the most honest, polite way that I can put it. And it and it doesn't mean when I say that that you suck no, or no. that you're not good at what you do or anything like that. It's just not a good fit. And you do not want a publicist that doesn't think your band's great working with you so true wow yeah i want to play a song and you suggested me a lot of bands and uh yeah all of them was great but one of them are one of my favorite these days it's the venomous pinks oh yeah yeah great women yeah yeah so and yeah they, they, so yeah. It, it's so exciting because um yeah just uh Recently, I started working with Spam. I always say it wrong. Spam, Spam. Spam I don't know. in Europe. Yeah, but but yeah, KJ from Chicks Diggit is a dear friend. And he's the one who actually suggested that I get in touch with Stefan, who is the founder, uh, you know, and the person who... Yeah, he's doing an and, amazing job. Yeah, he's lovely. And, and they all are. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, even KJ and I were kind of giggling as we do. And uh, we're saying that neither of us really know how to say the label name properly. <laughs> But um, yeah, Venomous Pinks just uh, um, got signed. And so um, we're going to work together and it's going to be awesome. I'm really yeah. excited about it. And uh, yeah, they're, they're another great label and another great group of people and in a different part of the world. Yeah. And so I get you know, a whole other perspective uh, mm. from them. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. It, it's really uh, another positive thing that yeah. I'm working on. And I'm really happy about it. So Files, another yeah. band on that label and, um, you know, Pulley. Yeah. Uh, what day? Today's Friday, isn't it? Today yes, is the day that the, uh, the day. acoustic Pulley thing uh, release came out. So, and Scott's, you know, uh, a very uh, um, charming, uh, totally. as my Jewish father would say, he's a mensch. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So, and it's a compliment, but uh, yeah, uh, so it's all, it's all been really good. Yeah. So, um, so it was one of your repunkmendation for today, Venomous Pink. We're going to listen to the, the cover they make of uh, Joan Jett. Uh, I want song. you. Yeah, I want you. They released a live album. It's called uh, Based on a True Story, I think. I, All right. Yeah, great. So we're going to listen to this. so much and if you haven't yet you should listen to their podcast the sound sisters podcast and i was with them for an episode it was magic <laughs> great women the venomous pinks be there next week for the second part of the interview with melanie k next week we're going to talk a lot about women and punk rock music about her values about also her day-to-day -day life at her job because i really wanted to know more was such a great conversation with her. And now, it's time for Punk Rock News with Emily Plamondon. Rise Against released a video for their new song, Talking to Ourselves, and it's on the new album called Nowhere Generation. Zbam Records has re-released, can we say that? They released again, <laughs> the Get Dead's self-titled EP. Uh, they made a very nice 12 inches vinyl. They made a new artwork and many various colors and it's available on Zbam, uh, on Pro Rock Records in the US, People of Punk Rock in Canada and Lockjaw Records in the UK. The band Clowns announced a live stream show called Live Streamed and Dangerous. I love this title. The show was filmed live in Melbourne, Australia, in front of a live audience, but they're going to stream it uh, on June 19 and June 20, I think. So it's easy to find on the internet if you want to watch this. Joey Cape is going to release a new album called A Good Year to Forget. It's going to be available on August 13 on Fat Records, of course. The first song of the album is called It Could Be Real and it's already available. The song is really good and I can definitely feel his vulnerability uh, in his voice. It's magic as always. He's also going on tour in Europe and in the USA in the summer and fall. That's amazing. 
You have to check the new music video for the casualties. They released a video for their song Demolition. And we can see some live shows footage. Oh, I miss them. I saw them like two years ago playing with Strung Out in a venue in Quebec City. It was so, so good. So this song is on their album called Written in Blood. It was released in 2018. And finally... Remember when I made a repunkmendation for a great artist called Suzy Moon? She just released a video for her new song, I'm Not a Man. And I want you to remember that her EP called The Shots is available everywhere and it's really good. That's it for today, great, great humans. Thank you so much for listening and spending some time with me again today. Thank you to Epic Merch Store for the sponsoring and to Scott Hall Quiz for the it, 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 it. If you want to help the show, you can subscribe and share it to your friends or give it five stars on iTunes. If you want to know more about the recommendations, about my guest Melanie, or about me, just check the show notes and all the information. All the links for our social medias are there. On next episode, you'll hear the second part of the conversation with Melanie. You'll have some recommendations and punk rock news. And I'm going to talk to you about your favorite albums on Fat Breakers. Punk your life, guys. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. Until then, if you want, join my Facebook Lives every Sunday at 6.30 East. Check the show notes for the link to the Facebook page. Bye-bye.